0: But it is a flashback Friday and we like to just sit back and take it easy for a change and also a catch up with our um, sporting stars of years gone by. And tonight it's our pleasure to welcome on the line the former sprint queen of SA track and field, Geraldine Pillay. She's also an Olympian and she'll tell us all about the experience at the Olympics. Geraldine, good evening, very, uh, good evening from us here on SAFM. Thank you very much for being able to speak to us this evening as we look back at your career.
1: Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I look forward to spending some time with you and your listeners.
0: Thank you, Geraldine. I guess the first question is, how has lockdown been for Geraldine Pillay? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, It has been very good. Um, I think it also gave me time, you know, to... um, to reinvent myself, you know. Um, you know, I started off like everybody else with the banana bread and, you know, baking. And then I realized that if I carry on like this, I, I I soon will have, you know, an issue on the scale. Um So, yeah, so I started training and, you know, followed the trend of, you know, the virtual training sessions and all of that. So, yeah, it, is a, it you know, it's been good, but it's also been be nice to be outside again. And I... And I believe that in November, athletics will be back on on track.
0: Yeah, unless we certainly hope so. And I also saw somewhere, I don't remember where I read the article, but you're also giving back during this lockdown?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, so every year I, I go down to my hometown mm. in the Western Cape in Macassar during my birthday month. And I do, you know, various events. And because of lockdown, I was unable to do that um and i tried to you know just um to so still honor my commitment to the community yeah so i handed out you know i was blessed enough to hand out uh, almost 60 food parcels and um more than 600 people could benefit from it
0: oh that's great well done geraldine is that the same event that you usually do where you um you you have athletic skills training sessions i've seen one of them on sabc sport on sabc tv
1: Yes, that's correct. that's correct that's correct that's so part tell of us the, more about that know.
0: then if it wasn't for Covid what exactly do you do there with the kids
1: um yeah, so normally during um August um I go down to Cape Town I do various um you know training um camps for them uh with in Macassar, but not just in Makassar, also in Mitchell's Plain, um, for the matriculants and the grade 11s, I then host a career day mm-hmm. and I invite uh, various exhibitors to come and talk to uh, to the learners about the various um, opportunities, you know, that exist after matric. And also to just to help them to decide, especially the grade 11s, to decide in which direction they would want to go. And because of the nature of the community and, um, you know, uh, not all the learners are by the means to go and study further. So I also have, you know, uh, people who come and talk about birthday applications and, and assisting parents. So at this event, you know, parents are invited as well, along with the, um, their kids. Um and then yes you know because i'm a i'm a sport fanatic i'm crazy about athletics i always have you know something to do with sport as well where i go around to the various communities and just impart my knowledge um and expertise onto the next not just athletes but also coaches
0: and why is it important for you geraldine to also share with these kids uh, career guidance and not just athletics
1: um, you know what I've I've learned at a very 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 young age that education is key. Uh, no matter how how good you are as a sports person, um, you know my my dad always used to tell me as long as you have something that you go, can fall back on, and that is you know an education. And um, and I also want them to just to break the cycle of poverty. Um, you know within within the community um, to know that they are opportunities out there and it's just for you to grab those opportunities and make the most of it i believe that if one child in a in a in a family um can rise above his or her you know circumstances that will inspire others within that family and ultimately that will change you know um the perception of of young people so for me it is all about Um, inspiring young people so that they can aspire to be better Um, unfortunately not all of our kids within our communities have access to to this kind of knowledge so I try to bring the knowledge to the people (laughs) Mm. Um, and and that is also why I invite parents so that the parents can be part of this journey it's not just the child it's you know it's the mom and the dad and and whoever else is the primary caregiver of that child to walk this journey with him or her um, and I just think yes it is you know it is a great investment um, you know in our young people and so that they can understand that you know uh nowadays you can be the best in soccer uh, or the best in rugby or the best athlete, but if you don't have any education you know within two to two to three years of professional sport um. You know, you get an injury that you know that is a career threatening or career ending. Uh, where do you go from there? Um, so yeah, I like to um, also to bring the balance. You know, mm-hmm. where you can do well in sport as well as you know well um, academically as well.
0: So, what kind of support do you get for for these wonderful initiatives that you are doing, Geraldine Pillay?
1: Um. I basically rely on um, the local businesses within the community and also the surrounding areas. Um, so last year and the year before, um, we had we had Netbank and we had. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the the um, the FET colleges within the community and within the area rather, um, and then there's there are so many people out there that are just willing and waiting to, to assist, you know? And luckily, I I can I can call on them and I can tap into that resources and say, listen, I cannot do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Are you willing? Can you um, assist me to help a community? And I think because the program has been going for um, a couple of years now, um, it has uh, garnered more and more support um, you know, from local businesses um, within Macassar and also within the
0: Somerset West area. Are you still involved at the school at St. Benedict's?
1: Yes, indeed. I am still at St. Benedict's and um, I'm loving it. I love working with with young people, you know. Um, I think that is one of my biggest passions is just to to work with young boys and with, with young athletes and young girls and just to, to help with the know their
0: development so what's your role the head of athletics
1: yes yes so at St. Benedict's, I am um, the MIC uh, which is the master in charge or the mistress in my case um, in charge um, of athletics Uh, but because athletics is not a very Big sport mm-hmm. um, at the school. Uh, I'm also roped in to help with the conditioning, the strength and conditioning of oh. other sporting codes like the rugby and like uh, basketball, for instance. You know, I am very, very actively involved with our basketball teams, mm. um, working on their agility and speed, and uh, it also gives me an opportunity to to connect. With, with the boys on a different level you know mm. and and also to learn a little bit more about the sport and not just um, you know athletics um, but yes i I really enjoy working um with the young boys and 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 I've seen so many of them um, you know grow and develop uh, into into great sportsmen um, not necessarily um you know sprinters or all of that, but just an overall athletic
0: uh, person. Okay, uh, if you just joined us, we are catching up with Geraldine Pillay, former sprint queen of SA Track and Feld, and we're looking back at a career. We've been finding out about what she's up to now, and we're going to get into a career shortly, but we've got a call from Cape Town. Colin, good evening. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> good evening, Tabizu. I never... Geraldine I never is here. Miss, I, never <laughs> I never miss
2: your sports program.
0: Oh, thanks, Colin. You're <coughs> far evening, too kind.
2: Geraldine. Good evening, Geraldine. Hi, good evening. Good mm. evening, sir. Do you know, Geraldine, uh, the way I, I was listening to you, you go way back in sport. Do you know if you take rugby, you take soccer, you take cricket, you take all this other sports. I'm, I'm talking about years back. Uh, yes, yes. It was uh, what I called um, amateur. You know, yeah. rugby players and things like that. Those guys and women... Had a profession, they were educated, and I agree 100, 100% with you. You know, it's now, uh, now, it, it's sport has become a sort of profession, uh, professional money. Uh, you, you get, I don't know, I may be wrong, but you, you can guide me. You get yeah. um, dropouts at school that want to become boxers, and want to become wrestlers. I want to become this and that. And as you said, and I heard you saying, your sport can only last uh, maybe 10 years or maybe even two, Mm -hmm. three years with a bad, bad injury, and you are knocked out of that sport. Where do you fall back on Mm -hmm. if you haven't been educated properly? Now, if Mm -hmm. you were a lawyer or something like that, you know, like all rugby players in those days, they were doctors, lawyers, professional yes. farmers, and those things. If they got injured, they went. They still went on practicing and those things. So I agree 100% with Geraldine. We must educate our sports men and women. Just don't drop out of school because you think it's an easy road to become a soccer player or a boxer yeah. or whatever it is. Can
1: right, I listen right. to the radio, Geraldine? Great. Yes, thank thanks,
0: you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Colin, and thanks for listening to us, even though we agree more than we, we disagree more than we agree whenever you call in. But I think he's stressing the <laughs> impo- <laughs> he's stressing the importance of, of education, like you said, Geraldine. And on that note, can one make a career out of athletics? Can it be your only profession? Is there enough money to survive? Um
1: unfortunately not in athletics. They are only if you look in uh, in the South African context, there are only a handful of athletes that can really say that they are making a good living off athletics. It is Akani Sambini, it is Wade Fanike, it's Kasta Semenya, um, Rashwal Samai. Mm. Um, only the top, if you are the top, probably the top four in the world in your event, right? And even Akani, with all his accolades, he Two years ago, he graduated with a, a degree yes, in information technology. Mm-hmm. You know, the same with Kastas Menas. who also completed his studies. So I don't really think that athletics, especially, you know, for South Africans, you, you can make a good living. I think you can use athletics to get a degree where you don't have to pay for your studies. I, can, I think that is what you can do. And while you are running or preparing for the Olympic Games and studying at the same time, so when the time comes we, when you we have to bid the track or the field farewell, you have a career that you can go back, back to. The same with Alia Fanzel, mm. you know, a phenomenal 400-meter athlete, you know, world champion, um, you know, world-class athlete. He is now a lecturer at the University of Pretoria. You know, he has completed his education degree while he was still running at the highest, at the highest level. So I really want to, and I want to reiterate what, what Colin had said, that we need to educate our young, our young boys and girls not to drop out of school, you know, um, because that is not, that is not, that is not, that is not the way to go. Mm. Use your sport to further your education, to get your degree, to get, you know, um, some are doing masters, some are doing honours. So they know the day they have to hang up their spikes, they have a career that they get, can go back to. Um,
0: yeah. Great advice. <laughs> and let's get more into your career now. How do you look back overall, firstly, at your career, um, at Geraldine Pillay? Because I believe you started running as early as grade one. <laughs>
1: Yes, I started, and that is why, <laughs> and that is why it is so important for me. Um, you know, school sport is so important because that is the breeding ground for you know all our champions, future champions, and Olympic, uh, you know, champions and world champions. Um, I remember we had what they call inter-house athletics, mm. and that for me it was the best time of of my academic year at school in the beginning of the year. Um, and that is when I was introduced to the sport and I totally fell in love with the sport and, and, and also at the same time realized that this is something that I'm actually very good at. Um, and because of that introduction at a very young age in grade one, um, it has taken me, uh, you know, and it, it has also opened many, many doors for me, even in an era where the opportunities were, were not as, as big. And as many as we have it now, but that is why I, I'm, a, I'm a great advocate for school sport. Um, I believe that every every single child, every boy, every girl, must be involved at school level, be it at inter house and inter house level. Um, but I think it, it is really important that that is where you know we spot talent, we identify it, and and also we you know we can harness that talent. But yeah, it started for me in grade in grade one in a very small town, just outside of Stellenbosch. It's called Red Beach, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, 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 you know what? It's I, it, it it feels like it was yesterday, and even though it was like almost <laughs> without giving my age away, so so many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know all the lessons that I've learned. Um, The people, the amazing people that I've met throughout my athletics career, I may not have achieved what I really wanted to achieve, like, for instance, break the South African um, 100-meter record. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the lessons that I've learned and, and, and the people that I've come in contact with over the years have made such a big impact in my life that I up until today, I can still use it um, and maybe I, I was not at the time ready to break a South African record mm. but at some point I was instrumental in young athletes that have become um, national athletes and um, you know um, national champions and for me that is much more important than you know having my name as Geraldine Pillay behind a South African record.
0: What I find interesting about your story or your journey is that you stopped athletics after you left school and you actually went to technicon and you even did some work at caltex why was that
1: <laughs> that is that is correct so um i my, my dad was extremely strict so when i was in the trick, he said to me um next year you are going to study and at that time uh, um, you know athletics was only associated with school because oh, no. we didn't know a lot of athletes that were professional athletes, you know, and that was doing athletics as a job. We didn't know many of them. So for my dad, it was athletics. You only do it at school level. And now you're almost done with school. So you, you need to look at getting yourself a real job. And at that point in time, a real job was you have to go study. And a real job was you are sitting in an office uh, behind a computer. That was a real job. And that was the reason why I stopped athletics for so my dad said, listen, no more athletics for you. You have to study and you have to, um, you know, focus on your studies and, and work. But because athletics is part of my DNA, I could not really run away from athletics. So in 1999, it was the time when we had the engine series.
0: Oh, I remember a that. Lot of, With a big names.
1: Yeah, so a, a big names: Marion Jones, yeah, Michael Johnson, Franky Fredericks. Fredericks. The works, all of them, came to Greenpoint Stadium. Mm. I remember it was around the twentieth of April or something like that. And um, at the time, I was doing my my in-service training as a junior computer programmer at Celtics, and I heard about this um, that you know uh, the American athletes, world champions. Olympic champions are coming to Greenpoint Stadium so I decided I'm going to go watch right <laughs> so because <laughs> I'm in town and it's not too far from uh, Greenpoint Stadium um, I was at the stadium around 2 o'clock <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm at the stadium there were officials from ASA at the time I didn't know what ASA was and their, their duty and their responsibility but anyway they were setting up banners and going crazy and I'm there at the stadium, you know, waiting for athletics to start. And that was scheduled to start at 7 o'clock that night. And I remember one of the officials gave me an all-access pass. Mm-hmm. I asked him. I said to listen, I'm here for the athletics. Uh, I used to run at school, you know, but I really want to see these athletes. And he, he gave me an all-access pass, which meant I could go onto the warm-up area. I saw how Michael Johnson was warming up. I followed Marion Jones and her crew where they went to the bathroom. It was, I was like a kid in a candy store. It was, it was phenomenal. I saw South African athletes. Anyway, so I also saw how, how the crowd was filling up the stadium mm. and it was crazy. I mean, I was standing there and I couldn't believe this is what athletics is all about. I wasn't used to that. When I was running, there was only a few athletes from school and their parents and teachers. Here, yeah, it is thousands and thousands of people filling up the stadium, walking in, and it was a nice summer's evening. Mm. I remember standing in, in Greenpoint Stadium amongst so many other South Africans who came out to come and watch Michael Johnson and, and South African you know, athletes at the time that were big names. Mm. I remember standing there and I saw all the South African athletes lining up like the 100-meter lady. They were walking onto the, track. onto the track. And I said to myself, Geraldine, this is the last time that you are ever going to be at a stadium as a spectator. <laughs> Brilliant. There is no way that you, are, if, that you will be a spectator again. You're either not coming to watch or you're coming to compete. And that is what really shifted everything for me. I I started planning. I started, you know, looking for a club that I could join so I can start training again. And now you must know, I haven't been on a track for three, almost three and a half years. Since high school. I haven't put on. (laughs) Since since high school. I then connected with a coach, Mr. Lechouli, at UWC. So if you know Cape Town, Mm -hmm. I mean, I live in Macassar, so I had to take a train for an hour to get to the city center in, you know, Cape Town City, work there. Around 4 o'clock, I must take another train from Cape Town Station to Valville Station, get off, change the train so that I can get to uh, Pentec Station, which is close to UWC, Mm -hmm. and walk from there. So by the time I get to the track, it's like half past five, and then we start training. But luckily, I had a very supportive coach. Um, so he would drop me off at home. He lived in Blackheath at at the time, so he would drive past his house to go drop me off in Manchester and come back. And just to get back on the track was um, a challenge in itself. I've, I've, it was like I was learning how to to walk again. You know, I'm running and I've but it feels like I'm running at 200%, but then it was so slow. So that is how my whole journey started. And then the following year, it was the Olympic games in Sydney. Mm. And I remember it was around September, and I was sitting on this train again going, (laughs) and this time I was working at NASPATS, which is now known as Media 24. Yes, I was working there as a a junior uh, computer programmer. Mm. And everybody was going on about Team South Africa at the Olympic Games in the train. I'm, 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 I'm riding in a third class metro rail train to Cape Town station, no windows, nothing. And I'm listening to how people are talking about the Olympic Games. And I said to a friend of mine, uh, a childhood friend, so we also, we were both, he was also in Cape Town working at the time. And I said to him, Granville, I'm going to the next Olympics. It's 2004, I'm going to the next Olympics. And he's like, really? I said, yes, I want to go to the next Olympics. And that is how my Olympic sure. journey started. And you in went train, to Athens. <laughs> and I went to Athens. In a train with no windows. Let me <laughs> not forget that.
0: <laughs> in a train. That class.
1: And and every day, so Grandel worked at a agency. It was called American Institute for Foreign Studies. So they had various programs so you could either do like a year program as an au pair, or you could do or, or, or like a four-month program at a summer camp so i say to him i need i need to get to the states that's the only way i can commit myself to training i say to him i don't have a car you know i'm spending two hours on a train every day and then by the time i get to, to uwc i'm tired i really want to commit myself to training and he said to me, why don't you do the OP program? It's a year. You get to the state, You're staying with a family. Mm. Um, you know, you don't have to pay for accommodation. And they also pay you. You look after the kids. So at night, you're going to have time to train. So that is how we planned every day. We planned wow. um, how I'm going to get to the States. Because we had an hour to Cape Town and an hour back <laughs> to, you know, from Cape Town. <laughs> Long story short, the following year, January 20th of January 2001, I said goodbye to Cape Town. I was on my first international flight on my way to the United States to start start my journey as an open slash Olympic preparation. Oh,
0: wow what an inspirational <laughs> what an inspirational story geraldine i could listen to it all day but i want to fast forward because of the sake of time you've already mentioned i 2004 you couldn't get out of the first round and i'm interested to find out what do you take from that experience because for me olympic games have always not just been about winning but just about the whole spirit of participation how do you look back at those olympic games um
1: you know what i look back and i say to myself you know what i have like i said i have made an in, you know, incredible people on my journey um, at the Olympic Games and even post-Olympic Games. What I do take from that experience is that you need to live in the moment. I say to myself, you know what, I'm going to use Athens just as a... Um, You know, just as a trial, Mm. just to see, just to get experience. And, you know, because it's it's a different ball game when you go to the Olympic Games as opposed to the World Championships. Um, So I said, you know, Athens, you know, I just want to feel the waters. 2008 is going to be the year when I definitely, you know, have an onslaught on, you know, I want to go for a a, a medal. I want to become the first South African sprinter to win a medal Mm. and all of that. Um, so yes, I took out from, you know, the, the, you know, the preparation phase. Um, I came back and we, you know, we adjusted a whole lot of things in, in terms of my preparation, uh, for 2008. Unfortunately, um, I was injured in 2008.
0: Yes, I remember that. You know,
1: in a, in a, in a, in a, um, in a race. And when I looked back, I thought to myself, going into Athens, because I had the mindset of, oh, you know what, I'm just going to use that as training, as an experience. I just want to gain experience. When I look back now, I thought if I had changed my mindset about the the games, I could have gone so much further mm-hmm. than, you know, than what I did. But because although my preparation was at hundred percent and I was fully committed mentally, I told myself. Ah oh, man, it's okay. 2008, that is the year. And unfortunately, 2008, I was not in Beijing, you know. Um, and I always ask myself, if you had a different mindset going into Athens, what could have been the, you know, the result? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what I always tell the kids. You don't know what tomorrow holds. When you are at that starting line, when you start And you get down in the blocks. You give your everything. You run as if that is your last race, because you don't. There's no guarantee that you will have another go at running at the Olympic Games. You skipped two thousand and
0: six um, though. You mentioned 0-8, but you skipped Melbourne Commonwealth Games two thousand and six, <laughs> Geraldine, where you became yes. the first South African sprinter to medal at an international event. Was that even at the back of your mind? How do you look back at those games? I'm
1: um, looking back at those games, you know, from from Athens to to Melbourne and moved back to the uh, that was also part of um it was part of my 2008 preparation. So I said, in order for me to to even get to the final in 2008, already here at the Melbourne Commonwealth Games, I have the medal, because that will tell me exactly how my preparation is going. Because, you know, Olympics, it's a, four, it's a four-year cycle. So mm-hmm. every year counts towards, you know, the fourth, the fourth year. Um, and I was staying in the States at the time. Um, I was training... Um, you know, in California, and I had a, a you know fantastic coach. Um, so for me was the main was to go to Melbourne and to medal. You know, mm. uh, I, I was there with the Jamaicans, and I know already by then you know they had phenomenal and great sprinters. I knew if I could measure myself up against the the Jamaicans, I know exactly where I would be in two thousand and eight. So Melbourne was a fantastic it was a great experience i remember in the village every time a south african athlete won a medal the buzzela would go off so that was the <laughs> signal that was an indication another medal has been added to you know the south african tally and I remember sitting in my room and I said to myself, because athletics was towards, you know, towards the end of the, of the games, uh, and the swimmers were doing, you know, fantastically in the pool. Mm. And every day the vuvuzela would go off at least three to four times. And I said to myself, when athletics start, I also would well like to be responsible for the sound of the vuvuzela in the village. Um, and I just remember my, my mindset and my focus. And you know what, it was really tunnel vision where you don't hear or see anything else around you. I remember the evening of the 200-meter final. It was the 400-meter hurdle final as well. And the Australian girl had just won and the stadium was back to capacity. It was 80,000 people. You know, they had it up the screen. And I'm thinking my many years this girl Kessa. It's about mm-hmm. to run in front of eighty thousand people. On the MC, it's what is it's what is the the Melbourne cricket Ground.
2: Mm.
1: and you are here, you so many South Africans are are, are are rooting for you. It's not just your your home your hometown, it is an entire country. And I remember I was in lane eight and the two Jamaicans were in, in, in my inside rather
2: yeah.
1: and I said to myself Geraldine all you need to do is you need to lift those long legs of yours and just run like there's no tomorrow <laughs> and when I crossed the finish line I saw oh uh, and they threw the flag and we did our um, you know our run around the track mm. and, I, and, I, and the only thing I could think of was that Bubuzella going off in the village <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that was the last event evening, um, a you know. And I was the final athlete to compete. And I go to myself, yes. Yeah. So Vuvuzela went off in the village, but I know there are so many people back home screaming and shouting, back home going crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that is sweet yeah. memories, beautiful memories. We've got a
0: voice note here for you, Geraldine. Let's play it.
1: Okay.
2: So I remember Geraldine play. She had such a great physical presence, her her physique. She, she was the South African Marion Jones, but in a good way, not the legacy that we all know. She is a great ambassador for South African athletics and man, we are struggling as black women or even any or just south african women to find another sprinter we are struggling
0: yes and she uh, men- she mentioned uh-huh. in- yes you can go and in- go ahead and cry geraldine <laughs> i know eh <laughs> <laughs> he, he mentions Marion Jones, but you always say you looked up to Marlene Oti. I remember her, the Jamaican, uh, Jamaican-Slovenian yes. now. why? What was it about Marlene Oti?
1: For me, about Marlene Oti was that, you know, she she just defied all odds, man. People were saying, yeah, she's old, she mm. cannot run, she's a has-been, um, and also because she was just so tall, you know. Um... And for me, that was also. I started very late. Mm. You know, I remember when I resigned at NASPERS and handed in my resignation, my team leader or project leader at the time, he said to me, Geraldine, are you crazy? People at your age, 23, 24, have already established themselves as professional athletes. Some mm. of them are even thinking of retirement. You want to only start now. And I think it's because of that her longevity as a, as a, as a, as a professional athlete really inspired me, you know, that, you know what, it is possible, man. You can do it. Um, and I was, you know what, I was like, um, I was so starstruck a couple of years after, you know, I was running and she was already comp- uh, you know, competing for Slovenia. I had the opportunity to meet her. And, um, I think she, she probably thought, what? He's <laughs> wrong with this crazy woman, you know. And I just went on and on. I said I was in Jamaica and I was hoping to see you there. But now I see you in Europe and, and just her presence alone, you know. Um, and I said to her, you know what, I still look up to you because at the age of 45, you are still running competitive times. of um, So, yeah, that, is, that was for, for me, that was the reason I think, you know, um,
0: that I really... Quick one, are you still in points. touch with the Frankie Fredericks?
1: Yes I am I am I'm I'm still in touch you know but not um on a regular basis sure. obviously um but yeah I I still During lockdown, he actually had a very nice challenge that he was doing with uh, the Namibian athletes to keep them, you know, um, active and also to assist them financially. Um, Yeah, so he had a fantastic challenge. You know, I always follow him on social media as well. In fact, it is is his birthday today.
0: (laughs) Oh, 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 wow, fantastic. Happy birthday to the great Namibian Frankie Fredericks. Geraldine, just because of time, we're going to have to leave it here, but it's not the end of our conversation. We'll bring you back again. You have such a great story to tell. And especially after that voice note, we'll find out from you how we can produce a more female sprinters in your pedigree or in your class. But thank you very much for giving us some of your time tonight and we just wanted to highlight what you've done and give you the respect that you deserve and we'll continue this conversation very soon. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Thank you. What a great story. You can't finish it in less than an hour. I guess we didn't do justice to, his, to, to her story. So we're going to bring Geraldine back sometime, even if it's not on a Friday, even if it's during the week. We're going to talk about athletics in more detail. But thank you to Geraldine Pilet, Great to hear she's still involved, still at St. Benedict's as the head coach of Athletics there and other sporting codes. We're going to leave it here for now, but don't forget tomorrow on SABC 3, Bundesliga is back. I will be in studio for that match as part of the panel. We bring you FC Cologne up against Gladbach. It is the Rhine derby, so it's a big one in Germany. So catch that broadcast from 3 p.m. on SABC 3 tomorrow. My name is Tabitha